was great to see uh, not just Irish people thrive, but Ireland thrive in general. And one guy that's thriving, I can't say thrive, pride. One guy that's thriving in the NFL is a guy with pro football focus. Guy's been very, very good to us, genuinely. And thank you very much, Grumi and Morgan and Solskjaer. Sam Monson, what's crack? Yeah, no problem. How's it going, guys? This might be the first interview we can conduct in Irish, is it? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> they want me partaking in it. Um, um, another season, Sam. And a lot more PFF uproar in yeah. recent weeks. We were chatting to JJ Watt the other day. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's one of the big names that came out against you. You must just enjoy that at this stage, really. No, it's tiring. <laughs> I've been dealing with it for so long. Um, you know, like people like me and Steve who've been with PFF basically since the beginning, it's the same thing. It just comes back and back and back, and it's a new person now, you know, and it's just it, eventually it wears on you. And J.J. Watt in particular, like the first thing he said on McAfee, the way he said it, you're like, you're not interested in the conversation. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, And, and I'm not saying he doesn't know football. I'm saying... From the way he said that initial thing, it was very clear he has no idea how PFF grades work, at which point this is a waste of everybody's time. You're just out here to spout off and say, ah, hey, PFF, and you're like, all right, cool. Like, if you're interested in finding out about it and, you know, learning how there might be differences and, and all those kinds of things, you can have a conversation, but you're not, so go nuts. We'll see you later. Chad, it's a funny one, and I haven't really thought this one true, but San Francisco 49ers are ranked fifth in DVOA. In against the run, but then obviously we're all talking this week about hey the run is where you might be able to get at them. So I suppose it is that you have to appreciate that people are looking at it through different ways. Because if you're looking at like yards per rush attempt, then they're like second last in the league. You know there is different sure. ways of looking at it. But I suppose that's the difference with PFF. It's like when you believe in your numbers across the whole sphere, then it has to. You know that's the whole thing with PFF. That just makes sense not to. The thing that they, the thing that people like JJ Watt don't like is people from outside of a building. Uh, opining on things that used to be just the purview of coaches and players, right? We are going to, to to quantify and evaluate how you have played in the game. And they're like, well, that's not, you don't know enough to do that, right? That You can only do that if you're inside the building. And people have never really done it before. It's only been the opinion of a, a journalist or a guy that was very easy to dismiss because you're like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Now, when PFF exists, it's like it, it's presented with a grade, it's presented with data, it's it's more solid than just a guy saying his opinion now it doesn't mean it's 100 percent right it might still there might still be differences we might still get things wrong but it's it hits closer to home for those guys so there are players that dislike it because they grade badly there are players that dislike it because they just don't like the concept of somebody from outside the building yeah. deigning to tell them how they perform they don't think that should be they don't think anyone should have the right to do that if you're not inside the, inside the, the franchise, inside that's, the organization. That's just the negative side of things, but yeah. um, I'm sure there's a lot of positive there's stories so as well. <laughs> so you know? many. Yeah. We um, love you. It's all good. <laughs> Zach Robinson, for one. Yeah. Uh, another guy with PFF background. Zach uh, Robinson, Bobby Slowick, two current offensive coordinators now um, in the NFL, were both former PFF senior analysts. They had the job that me and Steve had. Um, and, you know, we sat in meetings with those guys and broke down plays and Graded. We did the thing that J.J. Watt says you can't do. Well, two current offensive coordinators in the NFL <laughs> did that for multiple years and didn't have a problem with it and still don't have a problem with it. So, you know. Became one of the Sam, hottest names. Sam Watson, OC in the future. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. No, I'm not taking that job. You know, one of the grades that was obviously infamous was the Baker Mayfield back in the day, but he's had a, oh, an up-and-down kind of career since then. If you're a Tampa Bay, Dave Canales ran the perfect offense for him. He was kind of aggressive and loud Baker Mayfield. 
it puts Baker Mayfield in a weird position now that he's going to have a new offense coordinator. Would you keep him around, Tapa? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to based off the season he just had. Baker Mayfield has had a weird uh, career where I don't know how many different coordinators or coordinator changes he's had at this point, but it's got to be approaching an NFL record. It was an NFL record through the first four years of his career. I think he had six or something crazy, and it's still going. I mean, he's losing them every year. That guy has been through a, just an unending sequence of change, even if it's going back to the system he was at before. I think Liam Cohen, the guy they're bringing in, who's sort of been with the Rams and then Kentucky and the Rams and the Kentucky again, he's he's a good guy to bring in. He's a smart coach. He's in that um, Sean McVay coaching tree. Him and Zach Robinson were like thick as thieves for a while. They were sort of two, two like up-and-coming coaches that McVay had identified and had brought into that room. So I think he's a smart guy to bring in and replace Canales, but it is, it's a change. It is going away from what was so successful. How the contract, when it comes out, do you think they should go long? Do you think they should go short? It's going to be some kind of compromise deal, I think. You know, they're going to be... It's difficult to get these deals done because there's no template. Or there are, there are several templates for that middle-class quarterback contract, right? So Geno Smith is obviously one that I think is, is a good one to sort of base off, but a guy that clearly deserved more than the sort of low-level backup contract he was on, but probably didn't deserve, you know, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow top-of-the-market deal. Baker's in the same boat. He just showed, like, he got paid, he was on $4 million last year and got it up to 6.5, I think, with, you know, postseason bonuses, all that kind of thing. Clearly, he's worth three times that, you know, in a season at least, but He's not worth, you know, the, the $50 million a year deal. So finding where that middle is and how to craft that contract is, is a task for everybody there in this offseason. Uh, I, I was talking to Jim Nagy just prior to, just prior to the Senior Bowl, and he was talking about sort of slight concern with the later rounds in this year's draft because yeah. of the, the transfer process, NIL, et cetera. Is that something that you sort of share? And are, are you intrigued to see how it's going to go in, the, in, the, in just the late rounds this year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's right. I think a lot of these guys went back to college and... I, the whole landscape at the moment with the draft with college it's a moving thing it's not static any one year that the covid year is still sort of hitting ramifications now um this year i think the dynamic is a bunch of guys went back to college and the late rounds are going to be relatively weak and i I don't know how teams are going to navigate that yet whether they're going to try and once we hit day three they're trading into next year as much as possible um and teams are trying to consolidate on one or two guys that they've got identified that they think are really good um, but the next year might be completely different as well. And you might end up getting the opposite effect where all these guys that went back are now coming into the draft. We're also, there's a constant um, moving target in terms of this age used to be used as a stick to beat prospects with, right? Ah, this guy's 23 already, forget it, move on. Now they're all going to be that age, right? All these guys are going to be older because they're all going back. Um, look at one team in particular, New England. They have a chance to move on from Mac Jones, of course, uh, in this draft. They've got to go QB at three today. Yeah, you would think so. They're, they're one of a number of teams, I think, in a, tr- in a tricky spot where you, you can't go into the next season with what you have at the moment, right? They've got to find some kind of big swing at the bat. They're unfortunate enough that they're going to outside the, the top two picks, which for a long time it was Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then a gap. Now, that's changing at the moment. There's a lot of people really high on Jaden Daniels saying he might be the number two guy anyway. And then at the same time, people seem to be souring on Drake Bay a bit and saying maybe he's not the top the, the top guy. So I guess it depends where you fall on that analysis. If you think that they are outside the top two, then they're in a tough spot because they probably have to take one. Or 
make something special happen with you know Kirk Cousins in free agency, find a trade somewhere that nobody's talking about. Otherwise, yeah, I, I, I think they would have to grab a quarterback at three. Kirk Cousins and Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe just the Cardinals finding me hoping that he drops. Can he, is it too careful for the wheel if you go for Marvin Harrison Jr. Because they're saying. That, he will be franchise altering for someone, and it gets people back in the seats. I mean, he probably will be, but they, you need a quarterback to get him the ball, right? I, I, you would need a solution to finding a quarterback if you're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., who may well be, you know, if he has that Jamar Chase type of impact where he comes in and completely transforms the passing attack, but that only worked because they had Joe Burrow there, right? And we were asking year one, how come Joe Burrow in the NFL doesn't look the same as he did in college? And then we got his number one wide receiver from college, and he looked like the same guy. I, I don't know if that works if Joe Burrow was just a random, you know, if it was Andy Dalton still there or, or whatever the sort of borderline starting quarterback was. Uh, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans in Ireland, of course, was trying to get them to hold the terrible side of all. It didn't happen. <laughs> Are they really going to go into a quarterback battle between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett this offseason? I mean... But they certainly can't go back to Kenny Pickett. Well, the, the word seems to be they're prepared to do that and maybe bring in a veteran as well, but... Sure they're too far back in the draft. Right? It's crazy where they're at. Like. There's, a, there's a quarterback playing on Sunday in the Super Bowl. That just picked a glass. I mean, it's great. Mm. Pick anyone. Do yeah. something. I mean, they, they need to bring somebody else in. But they're in a tough spot where they don't have a pathway to an obvious, you know, massive upgraded starter. Is, is Russell Wilson crazy to think? He would upgrade it. But Russell Wilson at this point is is damaged goods in the NFL. I don't know how many people want to bring him in and... and saddle their, their wagon to that. I also don't know what his asking price is going to be. I mean, they're going to get rid of him off that contract that is a massive sum of money still owed to him. You know, is that does that mean that he'll, he'll be willing to play for the next team for peanuts because he's already getting paid by the, the Broncos? Yeah. Or is he going to look to try and, you know, double dip and get big money out of the next team and, and offset that? That That's going to be tough. But yeah, they the Steelers are also in a weird position where with Mike Tomlin, they know they can probably win and get you know, nine and seven or whatever, make the playoffs maybe with a bad quarterback situation. They might not be as desperate as some other teams would be. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot of quarterback here. We kind of made this into a bit of a quarterback. We knew we were, we were too near. We wanted to get some. But uh, there's going to be massive wide receivers going up on the um, on the market this year. If you were to rank kind of your Mike Evans, who's obviously aging, your T. Higgins, your Marquise Brown, your Calvin Ridley's, who do you think is the guy to get this year? Um, yeah, I, I think Mike Evans, so many of them, I think, this is the problem with free agency every year. Like, the earlier you try and start it, the, the less relevant the conversation is because most of those guys are going to get franchise tagged and end up going back, and they're not real free Mike agents. Mike Evans would probably make it there. Cause yeah. I don't know. I think Mike Evans probably stays in Tampa Bay. I think uh, Michael Pittman Jr. doesn't leave Indianapolis. I think he gets tagged as well. Um, I think Ridley does hit the market. I think Marquise Brown probably hits the market. Do you think he did himself favors, Calvin Ridley? this year because obviously we're waiting to see him after obviously that year off but he did have massive drop issues at the beginning of the year I mean it's, can you just put it on the Jags just underperforming I mean he had the quarterback there yeah I don't think he helped his case this year um, he probably didn't harm it overall like given where he was coming from the suspension and those kinds of things but the big question on Ridley was always can he be the number one guy without you know Julio Jones on the other side and he's done nothing yet to say that that is who he can be he can be a, a really useful player as a number two. He can get open. He's got good route running skills. He doesn't usually drop as many passes as he did this year. So I think he's a useful player for a lot of teams to target. But if you have a hole at number one wide receiver, he's not filling that for you. Before you go, we've got a little card game in two seconds. We've got you these. <laughs> we have to publicly do it. I know you like we're getting people to PS test them. Which one's better in your opinion? I mean, if you, if you want those. Oh, yeah. I, 
I'm not sure. This just feels like a setup where I get I get into trouble. Yeah, but well, I, I'll, I would, I'll say this right now. Craig Doyle is doing this at Point TV. Thinks I saw that. Thinks the Northern ones are better. Thinks that the, the Northern ones are better. No. So you're grand. Don't be worried. Yeah. Hey, when it's a taste at home. What are your thoughts on King Crisps? The King Crisps have been getting bashed all week. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I have no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick them voluntarily, but I wouldn't <laughs> turn them down if people <laughs> offer them to me, you know? I mean, I, not, not to go rogue here. We, had, we were arguing about this all week. Manhattan popcorn doesn't taste it anything. No, it tastes like cardboard. It's there like, we go. It's, Thank you. It's like popcorn, Thank but with all the flavor just sucked out of it. It's, it's, it's like, actually, it's, uh, it's packing peanuts. That's what it is. Salted packing peanuts. Thank you so much. He has got one little gear. Before you go, Sam, um, <laughs> quick question, quick fire question. If you pick a card and answer whatever you... What are your thoughts on the economy? Uh, <laughs> will Reed catch Bill? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. And will Andy Reed catch Bill Belichick? 283 career wins versus 333. No, I don't think so. I think he ends up retiring before he gets to where Bill Belichick is. Oh, okay. You go. Uh, Sam. Thank you very much because you've, you've come on a couple of times there in the offseason. You're sporting season during his draft as well. You're a busy man. Shout out to yourself and PFF. And do check out Sam's work at PFF and everything PFF do between now and the draft and beyond that. If I said PFF again, I might break. But it's been great. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And we will chat to you soon. No problem. Anytime. Like I say, the, the accent might not sound Irish, but I've. Uh, oh, you can hear it. That's just the way my accent works when I move places. So anytime you want me, I'm here.